Hi, I'm Oshin Lunny, inviting you to unlock the full potential of IoT in this great new podcast presented by Siemens Advanta. Every episode will gather thought leaders, movers and shakers from the world of IoT to deliver a 360 degree view of the latest IoT trends and every episode will explore the possibilities and potential beyond the buzzwords. We have some awesome guests for you lined up over the series from so many different areas of the industry. All I can say is subscribe and spread the word because we're going to be mixing it up with some different perspectives and brilliant mindsets. In fact, in the next episode, we are honoured to have someone very, very senior from Siemens USA lined up for you and some more IoT VIPs in the pipeline. So thank you so much to everyone who joined us for the first episode when we had two expert mythbusters parachute in to heroically bust three mega myths of IoT. And we had a lot of great feedback about that format. So we decided just this once to extend it and we actually dug up, we identified three more mega myths of IoT to bust. So then we can start to explore the potential of IoT with a myth-free canvas. Now, as you can imagine, it's not easy to pin down some of the busiest people in IoT, but I am thrilled to reveal that we've managed to get hold of our two favourite IoT Mythbusters one more time. Peter Kurta is the Chief Strategy Officer at Siemens. He has a background in digital health and holds degrees in industrial engineering, management and international trade. And Emmerich Sarazin is the CEO of Siemens Advanta. Emmerich has a background in power services and holds degrees in electrical engineering and management. Welcome back, Peter and Emmerich. It is awesome to have you join us again. Hi, Oshin. Thank you for having me, Oshin. In episode one, we found out all about people-centered IoT, agile implementation, how to make a fortune, and how IoT is the opportunity of a lifetime. But before you power up your Mythbuster suits again, let's get to know a bit more about you as individuals. Now, for a music lover like myself, the next question is a very, very important one. And that is, what are you listening to at the moment? Let's start with you, Peter. At the moment, uh, I'm listening to your voice. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, but I rarely listen to music, to be honest. I'm listening a lot to to podcasts and, and to books, audiobooks. Nice. Um, when I listen to music, it's a wide range. It's from classical music uh, to all kinds of play-alongs. Uh, what I like, though, is indeed electronic music. Uh, when I grew up, it was north of Frankfurt. Uh, and uh, we had these very interesting times in the early 90s where it's all, you know, there was these big um, clubs in Frankfurt where you would party uh, all night. And so this reminds me of some very good times. So, so electronic music is something I, I really relate to. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I love electronic music. And I, I too have very hazy memories of the 90s and going to clubs. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember more. <laughs> same, yeah. same question for yourself, Emmerich. I have to say, it just make me think, yeah, because, you know, at that time I was in Paris, I guess, in similar club. That was very nice. I have to admit, I think to, tonight I'm going to go back home and listen to a couple of the tunes that I, that, that I used to listen at that time. Um, nice. Today, I have to admit, I, I listen, actually, I listen more to French music, some French music, and I'm, I'm from France, so I'm French music, and, and a lot of Latin America, because my wife is from Colombia. So actually, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm learning and I like a lot, a lot of different uh, Latin 
Latin America music. So, so I do that. And then when I, when I listen more, actually, uh, you know, pop music, I would say I use actually the seventies. I like, I love the seventies music. I do. I think it's a, I think it's a great, a great place for me to just, you know, come down li- listen and, and think about completely something else. So. Yeah, absolutely. I I love 70s music and I'm a big fan of a lot of the new music coming out of Columbia. There's some great music coming out of Columbia. Now. Right. So yeah, good, good taste, both of you. Great. Uh, the music question has gone very well from my point of view. Thank you both. <laughs> so back to the myth busting. This is a big one. And uh, it's a bit like, I don't know, sticking your head in the sand or something uh, as an ostrich might do. Peter, how do you explain to people that the following statement is a myth? IoT is just another trend and it will pass. I mean, how do you get around that myth? Because I think it can be quite pervasive. Yeah, well, there's no easy answer to this, I guess. Um, I think it's a reality already. Um, It's just the matter of expectations. And it's really interesting. Somebody very smart said that the brain is very has a hard time to predict exponential growth, right? Because we have this linear thinking. And at the very beginning, the, the thing is, if you take an exponential chart and then chart against the trend line, at the very beginning, you're always going to be disappointed. And right now, there's a lot of disappointment, which in my belief, is just a matter of expectations, the wrong expectation that this is going to pay off very, very quickly. The thing, though, is, when this exponential gro- uh, curve starts to grow, at some point, you're going to have it intersect with this linear growth. And all of a sudden, now here's then the surprise. All of a sudden, you see that, wow, this really works. And then it just takes off. So I don't think we are at this wow effect. Um, it's simply very similar to what I told you about this oven thing. Uh, I don't think that this is right now is rather than a disappointment than an excitement. But, but listen to Emmerich's car, where it's an end-to-end journey, that makes perfect sense. And I think this is where you say, wow, it really works. And we need more of these wow effects. And similar to your question, that this is not a big transformation journey that you can plan in all its details. You really have to start. You have to find those use cases like on OEE, um, which we try to do and plans. Start there, have this wow effect, and then apply it to others. Yeah, yeah. And uh, same question for yourself, Emmerich. Uh, you know, is IoT just another trend that's just going to pass and disappear? I mean, I, I think we all know the answer, but how do you help, how do you explain this to people? No, and I think this is exactly what Peter is trying with this exponential growth. I think we're talking about innovative mind in general, you know, when is something coming and this is the beginning on the curve, there's very few people actually that have, first of all, the vision, but suddenly the the personality to push through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to do it a little bit on face at the beginning, you know, I mean, beginning of electric car, everybody oh, is going to be a trend, no problem. Now we see the biggest constructor saying all my line of car begin electric in five years. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the social media at the beginning was like, ah, it's a little something for the, for the, for the university. Don't worry. Yeah. Now we have, you know, presidents actually communicating through, uh, through social media. I mean, so all of this, the question is, the question is really, how do we identify the people that can and have the, 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 the skills to actually take that from the bottom of the curve and carry it through? When you pass exactly what Peter said, as, as, at one point, when you pass the intersection with the linear, then it's much easier because a lot more people are say, oh, it's working. I want to be part of it as well. 
And this is awesome because this is where you grow more and more and more. Yeah. So is it a, is it a trend uh, and it will pass? Uh, yes, it's a trend and the trend's going to get even bigger and bigger and bigger. And I convinced it will definitely not pass. But as we would cross that thing that, you know, more and more people with came, oh, that's work. I want to be on board. I want to be on board. And that's how it's going to, it's going to really become, uh, you know, the, the new way of doing things in the industry. Something that you've both mentioned is the importance of having situations that people can relate to. Uh, I, I recently interviewed a gentleman from MIT, uh, you know, super clever guy, professor of logistics over there. And he was talking about this idea of building a digital twin for the entire supply chain so that you can apply modeling to it and see what happens. For example, if a pandemic lands and certain parts of the supply chain get shut down, you can actually model what's going to happen next. And that's a really crystal clear example of how you can use this new transparency and the data that's coming in from IoT to save people's supply chains for food delivery, etc. And one of my favourite aspects of IoT is actually preventative maintenance. So IoT can see when things are, you know, maybe they're going to need a visit from the engineer quite soon. And because they're connected they can communicate with the technician and the technician can go and fix it. Now, I believe there's a project which is something to do with connected manholes. Is that correct? I mean, that sounds like a, a strange name for a band or even a, a nightclub back in the early 90s. But um, <laughs> yeah, tell, talk to us a bit about this amazing project with connected manholes and, uh, and other examples of preventative maintenance. Uh, who'd like to jump in on that one there? Yeah, the, the connected manhole, it's amazing because we realize in big cities, there's an, an enormous amount of manholes that can actually yeah. become a hazard or, or be, be um, dangerous because they, they cover underground network, yeah? And so it is possible, and actually we, we're, doing that, uh, we're doing that right now, where putting the right sensor into the manholes and then connecting to a platform, to, to a place where you can get all of this data, you can understand if there's the first step toward a potential dangerous, dangerous situation. Yeah. And directly you see that on your platform, on the office, and you can send a car, send a truck to make sure this is safe. And this is really amazing because today to do all the maintenance of the manhole, it takes basically, depending on the CD, but big CD, it takes between three to five years. <laughs> I don't want to explode the microphone the manhole in checking that. What? So suddenly you get to that business model where everybody, you know, it's planned for the next five years and you go one every five years. Two, you go on demand. Mm -hmm. If there is a higher risk, this is where you go. And that changed completely, not only the business model of how to maintain, but also it's, it's really helped with the outcome, having a safe environment and a very nice underground network in the cities. Exactly, because I think once people actually see these nuts and bolts examples, they see the amount of money and time that's saved and how much you can optimise you know, what we're doing already, but just doing it so much better and so much more efficiently. And you can see the savings and the time saved and the money saved. It just comes alive and you suddenly understand how powerful this potential of IoT is. Uh, so, Peter, do you have an example of IoT in the real world helping to transform an industry? Yeah, I love it uh, because I have a, the perfect example here for you uh, and which is uh, summarizing everything that we just said about exponential growth and, and uh, putting a lot of effort uh, into it at the very beginning. And here it is. So trains. Um, trains, we know, um, are uh, subject to failure. Uh, in particular, the doors turns out because those doors open and close very often and they're mechanical parts. Um, now, for example, we, we operate or we help operate um, the trains in Russia. Uh, 
And um, these trains are running now for millions of millions of kilometers and they don't break down at all. So why? And in particular, if you think of Russia with all the different climate and the harsh conditions that this train operates, how is this even possible? And it is because of IoT, because we have it connected, because we can see uh, different pressure valves, etc., and we can see when things are starting to fail and when they're going to de degrade over time, which is wonderful. And so this was the original investment, right? So you would say, well, let's connect the train so that we can monitor it and that we can see if, if there's any kind of trend line that looks suspicious. Great. So first uh, step forward. Now, here comes the thing. This is where the surprise, the wow thing comes, right? This is where the exponential curve then crosses with the, the, the linear one is because the unpredicted happened, COVID. And all of a sudden now, there are train operators that operate the trains and they say, gosh, I really don't know whether there's people on the trains and I don't know how often I need to run those trains. Now it just turns out because of the sensors and the trains, because of the weight measurements, we can measure how many people are on there. So now we can tell the operators all of a sudden, we can tell them, you know what, on these trains, we believe there's just a couple of people and you may reduce your time schedule. And because the time schedule now is optimized with the whole rail automation part, we can optimize these within a matter of weeks as opposed to just twice a year. And these are things that, that show you that, that if you do the initial investment, it may pay off for the original thing that you had thought of, but then all of a sudden it opens up entire new universes that you even hadn't known about and uh, transforms the way we operate with our customers. Because in the past, we didn't know about anything about the operations. Now we are very much involved to the operations and that forms a very nice and close partnership with many rail operators in the world. Wow. Well, I, I commuted for years when I lived in the UK from Brighton to London and back again. And it was always the doors. And we'd be sitting there for like half an hour while somebody came and they fixed, you know, oh my goodness. So I'm so happy to hear that you fixed that. That's brilliant. Uh, even though I will have to move to Russia and commute to experience <laughs> the technology. Emmerich, are you doing anything interesting with IoT in China? Is there anything happening over there? Yes, of course. And uh, in China, actually, the market is is pretty advanced. Uh, cool. One of the example maybe is we we work we uh, with a financial leasing company. So you're wondering, you know, what Siemens can do with a financial leasing company? But that company has a lot of actual assets, real assets all across China. It could be mm -hmm. a photovoltaic plant. It could be a bus company. It could be cranes. It could be all this. Yeah. And uh, and what we did is actually take the data from all of these different assets and bring it back to the uh, to the to the company so before if, if an asset was not working there was a phone call and someone had to go with a plan to check if it was not working and why suddenly all the assets across china very different assets completely different assets actually are coming all this data are coming back and you can actually look at your entire fleet and manage your fleet not only understand what is working what is not working but also you can see how much it's working so suddenly you can change even your business model from a leasing of an asset per year to maybe a leasing of an asset per use and so this is really an enabler Ooh. to a lot of different innovation. And in this particular project was amazing to see because the first step was to digitalize and get the data one place and, and, and just monitor, understand what's going on. And we see now actually phase two, phase three, phase four, which is all the innovation on top of this, mm. which we couldn't even, to be honest, think about when that was not in place.
So suddenly you see all these different use cases being built on top of each other that we didn't think about, you know, eight months ago when we started the project. Brilliant. I love that example. Once you apply IoT and this transparency and this granular data, uh, and then you match it up with things like AI, you will come up with business solutions that you didn't know were possible. An open question. I'm wondering, from your perspective, in hindsight, what was the biggest invention for humanity? Here's one that may not immediately jump to mind, and that is uh, the idea of heliocentricity. Ah. So Copernicus, in other words. And the reason why I love this is is because it challenged conventional wisdom and it had so much courage involved into it. So think of it. Living in a world where you were working under the wrong assumption that the uh, Earth is being surrounded by the sun and is the center of the universe. Which, I mean, that's what we think, uh, we humans think, the way it is, and it's supposed to be. Now, imagine as a scientist, you uncover that is the opposite, that the Earth is uh, revolving around the sun, and thereby contradicting the whole entire human belief, uh, uh, and getting into huge debates with theology and so on. That requires a lot of courage. So I love this. Not because of the insight and the science that it enabled it. I love it because of the courage to challenge the conventional wisdom that takes real guts. Uh, that's a good answer. That's pretty inspiring. Okay. Uh, wow. Well, uh, how do you follow that answer, Emmerich? For, from your perspective, what's been the most impressive invention? I'm going to have a hard time to follow because that was a pretty good answer. Yeah? <laughs> <That> was, yes. <laughs> um, so no pressure. I mean, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take one. I mean, to be honest, this is a very difficult question because humanity is so amazing. There's like this crazy yeah. stuff all over it. I'll, t- I'll take one, I'll take one more recent actually. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about maybe the internet, but maybe more broadly, the, the, the network communication concept Yeah, mm-hmm. that I like a lot. I like a lot where we went from a way to communicate that was point to point where I know who's going to receive it and I know why to a place where you can put knowledge somewhere for everybody to access it. And you didn't even know who can access it or who will access it. I like that concept a lot because it's just a enabler for actually everybody to have to build and to develop new innovation. And this concept of suddenly it's not for me to you because I want you to know and you to do this is just for me to outside. That, that concept of ecosystem and network communication system, for me, it's amazing because, and, and then, you know, I mean, today we use that every day. You know, you want a recipe of something, you go, you go on internet and you Google it. The person that wrote that recipe and put it in did not plan for you to actually go there and take it. They just put it there. And then suddenly you build on that and you make, you know, your kids are happy that you, you bake a cake with them. Yeah. So <laughs> this really, that, that concept, I love it. And when you look at, at more business and technical innovation, it's amazing. You have all the all the um, you know open open code, open source code. You have all the all the knowledge that now you just put there, and yeah. then everybody take a piece here, a piece there, and then and then develop their new innovation. So yeah, that for me is something that is very new and uh, and in a way to enable society, enable everybody else. I love that. Yes. Two great answers. Uh, thank you. I'm really glad that I'm asking the questions and you are doing the answers because <laughs> I don't think I could I could follow either of those, <laughs> to be honest. Um, OK, we are going to don our myth-busting suits another time. And this myth is quite an interesting one. 
it's sort of like taking things to the far end, uh, the other end of the spectrum from skepticism. Um, this myth is IoT is a silver bullet and you implement it and it just fixes everything immediately and it's all good. How would you begin to deconstruct and unpack that myth for somebody who'd like to jump in on that question? I mean, I, I can start. I mean, first of all, I would love this to be a silver bullet, to be honest with you, yeah? <laughs> yes. because that would be that would be awesome. And I think the big misinterpretation here yeah. is that IoT has to be a tool, has to mm. be has to, IoT has to be a way of doing something. What you want to do is even not done by technology. You need to define that the way. And and I Peter said at the beginning, it could be what you want to do in two years as a as a North Star. That's okay. But how, where do you decide to go? This is a, a decision that needs to be taken by because of society, because of business, because of the team. Then you can use IoT to help solve that issue. Yeah. And so yeah. this putting the why you actually use IoT before what are you doing? This is the key to not being a silver bullet. We see still a lot of people using IoT because it's cool. Or using IoT because oh, it's technology. I have to be more technologic. So I'm going to implement IoT so I am more technologic. I am more digital. If there's not an answer to the why before, this is a very difficult thing because you're not solving anything. Mm. So so for me, I would say, you know, it's, it's not a silver bullet, but it's a very powerful tool that can be used if you know why you want to use it. Absolutely. As Simon Sinek says, start with why. It seems to be good advice in many different fields. Uh, so, Peter, what are your thoughts on IoT being a silver bullet? Uh, is it a silver bullet? Is it not a silver bullet? Or, uh, how do you explain it? Yeah, it 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 depends, I guess, is the answer. Um, answer. It certainly can, can solve the problems, but exactly as Emmerich said, you have to define the problem. Yeah. What is the problem that you want to solve first? Uh, once you have defined it, you may select IoT or you may not. Very often, as we said, it's a human problem and maybe you don't need technology at all. Yeah. However, um, once you have decided that there's a problem and that technology can help you actually solving the problem, um, I think it's wise to start with something easy. With something small, with something narrow. But we see very often uh, the mistakes being done is um, thinking big and uh, and already wanting to do this across the entire value chain, across different plans, at different departments. I think these projects fail big. Yeah, They are mm. big and they fail big. Uh, what you really should do is one very simple problem. Uh, i give you an example on, on fleet management, for example. If you want to track your cars, as also Emmerich said, this is good. Why? Because it's 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 very narrow, the problem. You want to know where the car is and if everything is going well. Uh, and uh, it's it's more greenfield because you can just plug in sensors and then plug it in the cloud and then you have the analytics on top of it. That's easy. The problem you get into, or the minute you get into, let's say, brownfield, mm. very often the industries we serve are very brownfield, right? They got IT systems, they got, got uh, different automation, automation systems and so on. Yeah. The minute you try to put this all together, it's getting really messy. And so you need to be smart starting small uh, and then in concentric circles, work your way uh, around uh, where you started. And I think this is where it really helps. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. And uh, as we would say in the nightclub at the end of the night, uh, we ask the DJ to play one more tune. I'm going to ask you both to bust one more myth, if that's OK. <laughs> yes. uh, so this is a good one. This myth is 
IoT is insecure and thieves will rob my cloud and then I'm finished forever. It's a disaster. How do you deal with that level of fear and that level of misinformation? Here's the thing. I used to work in healthcare. And uh, as you know, if, if you are a data thief, uh, this is what exactly what you want to, want to steal, yeah. right? Because I think uh, passwords, they're fine. Credit cards information is even better. But the most valuable information out there is your medical record. Imagine if I had it, wouldn't be too good, would it? Yes. So hence, um, we had the same thing. And uh, turns out it's the opposite. And And the reason being is, we have, think of all these small practices that that uh, that store, let's say, your medical data somewhere on their computers. Yeah. They are not IT experts, are they? And and so they have a server somewhere in the basement. And you maybe you know your your I don't know your head of finance. He's taking a, because he's good at it, and he takes a little bit, you know, also take care of it. But he's not educated in doing this, mm. and and so they run it as a side because they have to. If you go into the cloud, and this is usually where, where the, the myth is coming from, so boy, the, the data is not secure. I mean, guess what? Who has the most interest in secure data? And, and uh, who will do everything in order to protect it? It's those big cloud providers that, uh, that make fortunes out of yeah. it because this is their business model. They got thousands of data scientists and, and uh, cybersecurity uh, experts that take care that absolutely no data breach will happen. Yeah. So what would you do? Would you rather take one of those 1,000 cybersecurity experts and say, yeah, I'd rather feel safe or this guy who's doing it part-time and has never been educated? <laughs> I would know where to go. That's a, that's a pretty uh, stark choice. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Emmerich, what would you say to somebody who's worried about the security aspects of IoT? First of all, I, I like Peter's answer a lot yeah. because it depends, you know, there is a risk. There's always a risk, you know? Mm. I mean, with cybersecurity, we know there's cyber hacker, we know it exists, so we cannot even think. However, it exists people with very high skill and technology that is putting everything we know for protection, yeah? yeah. So so that, I think it's a balance. And, and for me, the, the fear coming, it's actually a lot, you know, like a few years ago, people were asking, should I use my credit card on internet? You know, yeah. should I actually yeah. pay for my, you know, plane ticket on the website? I mean, you know, it's not safe. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on country, on the countries, I understand. But now, I mean, this is really almost normal. And it's normal because the security has been much higher. It's also normal because even the bank have dealt with that risk in terms of it is, if it happens, this is what to do. And I think in cybersecurity, this is the other important things to plan is what happened if there's a bridge. The, pro the, the probability of breach is very low and it exists and we, we need to acknowledge that. The question is, what is the reaction time to the bridge? What do we do if there's a bridge? What do we do so there's no then consequences of that bridge? Yeah. And this, I think this is the second piece that it, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot also of knowledge and there's a lot of help that can be done and planned for what happened if. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic advice to wrap up our show because I'm afraid that's all we have time for. Thank you so much, Peter and Emmerich, for joining us again to bust some myths, share some secrets and help us unlock the full potential of IoT. I think we busted them all. <laughs> Listeners, if you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast app and check out the Siemens Advanta website to get a glimpse into some brilliant IoT projects. Join us in a few weeks' time when we'll have some more discussions and some more fun with some more amazing guests. 
See you next time.